What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hollywood Already Did It, your sometimes it comes out podcast for movies that have been rebooted, remade, sequelized, so on and so forth. You know, ones that aren't original, that are adapting an existing IP. I say whenever it happens because we are now in. Remember when I was counting the weeks of COVID nineteen? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I can't anymore. It's August first today, as of this recording, uh, which means we are in month five. I want to say. Yeah, we got to do it by month now. Uh, so it's easier that way to do it. <laughs> Schools opened, and within an hour, they were closed again. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but this is your movie podcast, not your COVID podcast. I saw that one star review we got, probably because I was making mask mask comments. It's fine. It's fine. Hey, I think it was a one star review. They didn't write anything. They just hit it and went on their way. Oh, got it. I just saw the reviews <laughs> went up, and the one star one was higher. And it was after I said you should be wearing a mask. <laughs> you know what? If 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 that's what gets us a one star, then I think we've earned it. I'm fine. I'm fine with that. Fine. Thanks for the download. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the memories. Um, as always, I am your host, Blake Schultz, and with me is my co-host, Terrence Tatum. Hello, everyone. And if this is somehow your first time listening, we are discussing adapted works and reboots and remakes of existing movies and properties and whether or not they're relevant. So while it used to be weekly, theaters are closed. <laughs> Yeah, we, and Netflix we, cannot meet my demand of unoriginal like, ideas. Keep them coming. What's wrong However, with this Netflix? week, they did it. Yeah. They released, uh, I guess, part one of the Transformers yeah, War for Cybertron trilogy. trilogy. Yeah. An adaptation of the Transformers property, which has spanned decades <laughs> yes. from having the power of love in it. So you got the touch, yes. you got the power to Michael Bay's giant mechanized versions, and it all started as toys. And my favorite thing about this adaptation is that I think, I'm not 100% sure, I think this is an adaptation of the back of the toy boxes. <laughs> so we're back to the originals, baby. Yeah, like, you remember all those toys? For anybody who's a classic collector or, or old as I am with those original Transformers, those Transformers used to always come with, like, an, an entire lineage of where that person came from and which side, if they were Autobot or Decepticon, where they stood in, but the history of Cybertron on the back of each one of those. And that yeah. is what this act one is. <laughs> I miss... When, sh when toys were made specifically <laughs> to get kids to buy them so that they could make a show. <laughs> yeah. I love that for a while they were like, make them toys and then kids will buy the toys and then they'll go see the TV show and then we can advertise things to them and route their brains, uh, which is a great reverse of like Nickelodeon's old, we'll be here when you get back, go right. outside. And is much more of a, we're inside, come sit down. <laughs> this happened with uh, the Transformers. I believe it happened with He-Man. Masters of the Universe is another one of those, yeah. Uh, but Barnyard Commandos was another great toy line that was supposed to span things. My personal favorite, the Food Fighters. <laughs> All ripe for animation. But none succeeded the way the Transformers did. From yeah. cartoons to one of the first emotional 
feature-length animated 2D cartoons. Still, uh, still gets me every time I think about that movie. Cried. I was like, I don't want Hot Rod. This Optimus is gone. <laughs> I feel like it had kind of a low moment in the 90s. I feel like there's not a lot of 90s Transformers around. No, they weren't really making them at that point, and then they. Beast Wars is still one of the best. That's what it was. Yeah. Beast Wars was the 90s. Yeah. Oh, man. Beast Wars, is the, Beast Wars to me, actually is better. I'm, I'm going to get some oh, hate for that. Hold it's on better than the, It's better than or equal to the original. That original stuff is really good, but I think Beast Wars is phenomenal. I didn't know like we it. were going to have a giant debate here. Because <laughs> I thought Beast Wars was very okay when I was I a kid. I loved Beast Wars. People love it. Yeah. They didn't have the Dinobots. That's that's true. They didn't. For you to be the Beast Wars, you, you should have the Dinobots, but that's correct. They did not. Um, but I think those, those for me, that's my history of the Transformers is that original cartoon and then obviously the movie and then Beast Wars. The stuff that's come after, they've done a lot of Nick, like newer versions of these, but they've been very kitty and not really for me. And then those Michael Bay movies started off strong. Look, that first one is great. It is. And, and, I'm, it, and I'm a big three apologizer. I'm, I like three too. I mean, you're, you're actually from Chicago. Chicago's like my second home. So a lot of that, that destruction that happens, I'm like, oh, look, they're blowing up buildings that I know. This is cool. I like this. You um, can prominently see one of our old co-hosts, Tyler's apartment yes. in that explosion. Yeah. yeah. I um, had many a night there when I was in um, college. <laughs> But and I and I really I really love Bumblebee. Like Bumblebee is fantastic to me. He's but those best. last two Michael Bay directed ones were just atrocious. Like I, the Mark Wahlberg ones were awful. Um, those are bad. Yeah, and it just got to a point where I was oh we're starting to just like I just don't care about this franchise anymore. And then Bumblebee happened. I'm like no I. I do still care, especially Bumblebee. One other movie was great too, but Bumblebee also had that sneak in like hey. What if we just did an entire just piece of this on Cybertron? Would you guys watch that? You guys into that? Yes. Look, <laughs> it's very easy to trick me. Uh, the Simpsons adage of she's got a new hat in Lisa versus Malibu Stacy. I'm a sucker for it. Yeah. I was out of this franchise. I was done. <laughs> I'm a 31-year-old man who collects turtle figures, not Transformers figures. <laughs> I know what I need. And they brought back those G1 designs. Yeah. And I went, how could I ever leave you? <laughs> I'm like, what was I thinking? We I just saw Starscream with the red, white, and blue. Oh, the, yeah, I'm in. Um, you got me. Incredible Cybertron video games on the 360. And oh, my the God, the 360 Star Wars, which the title of this, they're not, they're not, uh, based on each other but they're the same title but yes the war of cybertron was phenomenal <laughs> and here we are war for cybertron in an era of incredible netflix animation and not just animation but anime yeah I don't, i'm not a big anime person so me either those things where it's not really anime because it's produced in america which i know is a thing right i, I don't know how accurate that is it is just what they said when they showed it to me <laughs> if i'm wrong let's learn together yeah They've made these Godzilla movies. They've made these Castlevania shows. Then you have all their great comedy animation. Mm -hmm. How could this fail? And the answer is, it doesn't. Terrence, yeah. what did you think of Transformers War for Cybertron? I want to say part one. I don't really know how they're doing it. Yeah, that. they're they're calling them Act 1, Act 2, Act 3. Act 1 is called Siege. Um, I 
thoroughly enjoyed this. So <laughs> here's how this worked for me. I couldn't sleep for some reason on uh, Friday morning. So uh, I woke up at like 5.30 or 6 o'clock in the morning. And I was like, well, you know what? Transformers is out. Let me go just watch these first couple of episodes and see what happens. And then I went through all six of them and right before work started. And I was like, well, sweet. I am. I am pumped, ready to go. My day is ready. And I thought everything about this was fantastic. Um, what I really loved as a fan of old school Transformers and, and what, I, what I know, what I really love is it turned some things on its head. I was sitting there like, this feels like a more adult, grounded, a little bit more grittier, not to the point where it's like, oh, this is just going to offend everyone. But I was like, oh, this really isn't for kids. We're seeing Transformers bodies laid out like a whole brigade of people just struggling. But I sat there and the entire time, especially that pilot, you see Megatron and you see uh, Optimus and you kind of get like the Xavier, Magneto, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King thing where it's two sides of the same coin. And I, I sat there for this entire thing. I'm like, oh God. This is a prequel because Optimus Prime is not nearly the overpowered person that we want to. This dude is taking a lot of losses and a lot of L's. And I am here for it to see how Optimus becomes the godlike character that we eventually see him to be. But right now, he is not there. And I am all in. I could just talk about this pilot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because you're because it started off and I'm watching it and I and it was so crazy to me, because you're right. I was not really prepared for a more adult, uh, almost Grant Morrison-run-esque of Batman, yeah. where he took sort of everything in Batman's multiverse, the 60s, the Batmite, Keaton Returns, and merged it into like one universal tone that fit like all audiences. And I feel like that is what we've accomplished here. We have found this way to bring in the people our age, the people a little bit older, and still attract kids. And attract it to a more specific audience. When you bring up Malcolm X and Magneto and Xavier comparisons, when he mentions that line about slavery and what would Optimus Prime know about <laughs> slavery, a part of me was like, are we about to get a Megatron? <laughs> Sympathetic? Optimus is the villain. The Autobots are like privileged. It seemed that people yeah. who don't understand the problems of the working class Cybertron movie yeah. show. I don't give a shit what it is, but <laughs> I'm loving it. Yeah. I feel like Owen Wilson at Zoolander, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm selling. I don't know what I'm watching, but I'm here, and I'm, <laughs> I'm going to do the best I can. I did yes. it. Yeah. So I'm like, right off the bat, incredible character development with Bumblebee not choosing a side. Oh, that was the ramifications great. of that. Yeah. And people trying to betray each other with Starscream, and, which is just staying true to everything I say, Starscream I say Starscream does. is so on brand with everything he's ever been about. I'm like, nope, that's him. <laughs> it's insanity. It's yeah. so good. And the animation is very, like... It feels like what a Terminator animated show would have looked like in the 80s. If Terminator yeah. had gotten the like Beetlejuice back to the future, Gr well, Gremlins never had one. It feels like it did though, but it didn't. It did um, not. It's getting one on HBO Max. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that's not the point. The point is, that's almost the toad I feel like this hit. 
if there had been some like weird Terminator kind of for kids, like RoboCop style cartoon, yeah. this is the animation style it would have had. It's gritty. It looks dirty. The world is lived in. Yeah. And beat up and broken. You can tell that like this is this place has gone through years of war. Like, yes, it's called the War of Cybertron, but we can tell that we're basically coming in on the tail end when a lot of bodies have been laid out on both sides at this point in time. Um, I, I, I agree 100%. And I, it was the, the Bumblebee part is what actually made my head perk up. Because like I said, I started working, watching this early in the morning and I cut it on and I was like, all right, let me just see what this is about. And then when I saw that Bumblebee didn't have an uh, um, uh, emblem on him and he wasn't affiliated with anyone, I was like, okay, this is doing something different. Now I've got to pay attention to what the hell is about to happen from, from here on out. And uh, I was, it was a ride. I was all in. I was actually sad that I was like, oh, it's only six episodes? Shit. <laughs> yeah, it's, it almost felt like they just cut up a two-hour movie yeah. into these chapters to, like, have you digest something the way Netflix works. Right. But, you, yeah, it, it, it's an afternoon. I mean, like right now, there's no clocks. There's no looking outside. Time does We're in not Vegas matter. Rules. Yeah. <laughs> Alcohol happens whenever. Whenever. For yeah. all I know, this Transformers cartoon has been a part of my life for years. <laughs> there's no way of knowing. Yeah. Uh, so as this continued, how did you like the Bumblebee arc? It's funny. At first, I thought I was I was getting cheapened. Um, slight spoilers. He eventually gets basically OP'd and he gets uh, the knowledge of all old school um, Transformers. And at first I was like, oh, that's a sort of a cheap way to get him aligned to the the Autobots. But then it works because eventually they take it away from him. And so then he has to kind of choose to be still like, all right, with the knowledge that I'm aware of, even though I don't have this thing in me to kind of make me go this way, I am still actively following you because I believe in what you're saying more than I do what they are saying. And that was fascinating to me. I completely agree. Cause I felt the same way. I also sort of felt at first that we started off in this shades of gray world where maybe this time Megatron's on to something. Yeah. And when we sort of just go, no, it's all Optimus and you have all this knowledge now and there really isn't a, it is still just good versus evil and all this other stuff. But to then remove it and yeah. still have that choice. Right. And we know where he's going because there, because it's, there's no way that somebody named Bumblebee is ever going to be, be on the deceptive. Yeah. <laughs> I also just think that people would lose their mind. Oh, it would be, it would be bedlam. <laughs> um so i dug that i think it's interesting that as the years have gone on bumblebee's become such a centerpiece of this franchise almost as big like i mean when i was a kid it was optimus and megatron were the big two and we thought bumblebee was cute like oh you would remember him because he stood out because of being a volkswagen beetle and you switch him over but he's become basically the third tier he's the triangle piece to 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 optimize he's bigger than starscream which i didn't think was possible back in the day but he's definitely no, it was all bigger... about starscream he was a yeah. jet <laughs> right <laughs> um but he has become the third the, the third piece of the triangle between uh optimus megatron he is that and not just the story but he in pop culture that's how big bumblebee has become i also appreciated because i feel like the old transformers joke used to be there's one girl character 
it's the pink one. Yeah. And it seems like we've fleshed them out. She yeah. immediately has a purpose. Yeah. She's talking back to Optimus. He's like, Optimus, pilot. you don't know what the hell you're doing. <laughs> yeah. And Optimus Prime has always been the like, no, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> and this Optimus is like, you might be right. I may not have any clue what I'm doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's almost like if there was a Turtles movie where Splinter didn't have them yet. It was like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. I was running around eating cheese 20 minutes ago, and now I'm <laughs> learning Tai Chi in this cage. Yeah. I, I don't know what's happening. I don't get this, guys. <laughs> My master and this other guy are both into this girl. He's going he's gonna to kill this human, but then only cut my ear. I don't think it yeah. makes sense. <laughs> but let's um, see what happens. What I also loved, we, we sort of spoke on it, but Megatron started off in the first couple of episodes being this very like, yes, I am the 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 Malcolm X, I'm the Magneto. I'm taking a, the, the extreme way of getting what is best for the Transformers. And then when he realizes that Optimus is basically like using his, his old boy to be a decoy to kind of like send messages back, he completely switches like, you know what? Burn it all down kill everyone. I'm shooting this dude in the back. I no longer care about any type of rules of engagement. I'm murdering everyone. And I was like, all right, cool. I can see how Megatron got to this point. I like it. Yeah, it was a very good way of showing how someone who for a while might have almost been in the middle of a conflict but leaned a little one way can get pushed to an extreme very quickly. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting to see like headier themes like this get shoved into a property that was designed to sell a toy, <laughs> to sell a cartoon, to sell the toys. Right. <laughs> it was, it, it, it's remarkable. Yeah. Um, because it really shows you how you can develop these characters and that it, it's kind of always there. I think. I think what this cartoon really shows is that whenever you get a property that kind of misses the mark, it is because people either don't understand the character or that they've decided it's a property for this age group or mm -hmm. this demography. Therefore, we don't really need to do anything like this. Right. Uh, it, it's interesting taking a franchise like this or the Power Rangers or the Turtles and thrust in these bigger ideas and still watch people accept it because it really shows you that it's like, ah, it was a little bit more than just robots hitting robots. There were always ideas of the, their planet dying and resources yeah. running out and going to war over those resources and who these people are and what kind of rights do they have and it's, things that we're constantly dealing with. It's so funny because the old cartoon for me was always literally just about, and it's still a piece of that is a part of this, but it was always just about, all right, Autobots need uh, the Energon cubes, Decepticons need the Energon cubes. Who's going to get to the Energon cubes first? And that's literally all the old cartoon was about for, for seasons. Um, and there's still an aspect of that here, but that's not nearly the, the, the impetus of what the entire show was about. It's like, all right, cool, that's happening in the background. Yes, we still need that, but there's so much more, so many more layers happening um, for what is essentially a I like to call a, a, the the old Transformers cartoon with an adult sheen, um, and I think I would love to have more of that happening with a lot of old school cartoons. But that's just me. I mean, I, yeah, well, that's almost now. Uh, you know, what's old is new again yeah. is sort of the premise of the podcast. And I watch this Transformers cartoon, and I think about things from my childhood that I loved. 
the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's one of my favorite things ever. Power yes. Rangers. Mm-hmm. Rescue Rangers, Rocket Power, Courage the Cowardly Dog, Pokemon, Captain Planet. And I just start to wonder, there's got to be a way to take these properties that there's an older audience for and a younger Mm -hmm. audience for and infuse these ideas. Because you look at like the original Turtles movie that was like, violent enough not that yes. violent but violent enough at the time specifically it was violent that enough yeah parents were like in the next movie they can't take out their swords yeah we got to use uh sausages tied together as your nunchucks because we can't actually use nunchucks <laughs> a movie that opens with like some of the most overt sexism from kino <laughs> <laughs> yes hey ladies in your dreams maybe yeah when i'm dreaming i'll think of something a little thinner like, <laughs> What? What? <laughs> you can't call these women just to abuse them? And this is a movie that you were For like, kids? <laughs> I don't know. That large turtle's got a big stick. It might be a bit much. <laughs> but that small child can abuse these women. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Do you remember? I don't remember how many years ago. It was probably about four or five. It might be, be longer. Remember when someone did the viral update of the power rangers like it was super it was hyper violent it was oh un- it was the same guy who had done um oh man i know exactly what we're talking about talk about it and i'm gonna find yeah because it. it was it was super violent but it was very serious and it was it was you almost didn't realize that it was power rangers until like towards the back end of it you're like oh my god this is re- this is power rangers and I, now i think for me that's a little too extreme because it was super violent. But I also think power slash rangers. Yeah, correct. But I and I think there's a middle ground between what the show used to be and what that uh that short was that you could kind of land in a landing space to create what I think gets adults or or my my age and your age who uh grew up with those power rangers to enjoy it just as much as the younger joke the folks who are currently watching it. Because I think that's why I don't currently watch any of the turtles cartoons i don't watch any other transformers before this one because they were so young oriented that i'm like oh this this isn't for me um I'm, i appreciate Shane that you Carr. have it yeah but i i can't and, get uh, into this venom truth in journalism that was the other crazy short film he did yes yes got it yep, yep yep castlevania yeah and what he calls his bootleg universe which is the one shot series punisher dirty laundry venom yeah truth but now when he actually got thomas jane to, to come back for it. yeah yeah yes yeah oh my god and that's where i was like those are sweet those sweet spots that i i just i fell in love with I was like, oh yes you well, make the stuff I mean. that i grow up on adult you get these studios who take something like power slash rangers which came out around the time they were doing the remake the reboot whatever you want to call it and they pretty much were like you got to take this down it's interfering mm-hmm. with our marketing because people want it <laughs> right and it's like well my dude like this is doing why well did enough. you make this movie right I was like, like this is doing well enough that it's getting enough attention that you might want to cater your stuff more towards this than you are the way you're going he also did the simpsons the problem with apu stuff uh yeah. so he's a, he's a smart man yeah but you know um, you, you yeah you look at some of this stuff and you're like there, there's a way to get both yeah. And it doesn't, I don't need an R rated Transformers movie. No. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> that's, 
like <laughs> it is a hard PG thirteen with some headier ideas, some real character development, and some designs that aren't just like what I find in a garbage disposal where, if I drop a fork in there. Where I can't make out one person, one robot from another. Like there's colors in these transformers, even though it's a muted and gray, like desolate, like war torn. Uh, world it is still very vibrant with colors like there everybody has their own color when you get these these michael bay movies and they start transforming and fighting you're like i can't it's like a toaster and a, an oven fighting and i can't make out any of it like i don't know what any of this is so are there any other properties that you want to see get this treatment this like what what's um, terrence's mature childhood <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, Turtles is definitely a part of it, but that's sort of the cheek. But I definitely would like that to come back. And I got so angry, guys. I, I thought we had a chance. Those Turtle movies that came out in the last mm, five to eight years, uh, neither of them were very good. I think the Turtles... I think the second one was better because it felt more like the animated cartoon. So I kind of was in that wheelhouse for that one. Um, that one was better for me. But I think by that point, they had lost the audience. Um more adult things well you know it's weird because it i don't know how it exists anymore do you ever remember this cartoon called captain in um oh my god yes <laughs> talk to me about captain in <laughs> captain in is one of the greatest series of all time and i i was obsessed with that even when they especially in the back half season when they added mega man i lost my i, I lost my shit so for those who don't know captain in was the closest thing we ever got to a like full-on super universe. smash brothers yeah. cartoon yeah it was captain in the game master it was in 1990 for 89 to 91 it was part of the saturday morning lineup on nbc it was part of do you say Dick or DIC for that animation? I always I said Dick, know. but it is DIC, yeah. Oh, this was the greatest. You had Simon it, Belmont, like it was it was great. You have merging of different Nintendo games characters put into one cartoon at the same time. And yeah. they would Kid Icarus was there. It was uh you had some the punch out some of the punch out uh villains were Little there. Mac it was, was a very large part of the show. Yes. Yes. Oh my god, that that show was like my childhood and I absolutely adored it. And I was like, oh, I wish this would come back in some form or fashion now. Um you had Mega Man, you had the Game Boy actually eventually became a a part of the sh the show. Oh, if you could do that. If yeah. you could get the Illumination Mario movie off the ground and make some like some some and you could do, I mean, like, Weird look. Weird, dark fucking show. Yeah, like, like, I you, would love a short film of Captain N that's, like, somebody our age. Yeah, you're, doing, you're living in the real world. You just get sucked it. into a game. <laughs> I want that. Oh, my. It, it's almost Ready Player One. It is. It's almost it is. what that yeah. is. Yeah. But I want it to be much more depressing. <laughs> Like, I almost want everyone to make fun of them. Like, I want, yeah. like, Mother Brain and Bowser to be like, oh, yeah, you're, we're <laughs> child properties. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. Captain N was the best. It was great. It was great. I would love that. Obviously, you mentioned the turtles, but for me, it's two properties that I'm like, there's no reason you can't make these as a PG 13 dope live action movies 
The first one is Courage the Cowardly Dog under Blumhouse. You can do this thing for $10 million. You could have this weird fucking animated, not animated. I don't care how you do the dog, but he's got to look great. And he's just defending these old people from these monsters. Because that show was creepy as hell. It was very creepy. And I was like, "There's why can't we get this movie made? Yeah. This is where you would connect. The younger audience would show up. The older audience would show up. The time is right. It wouldn't have to be bound to like Scooby-Doo, which was always a little bit younger. Kittier, like Courage yeah. was a scary show. Correct. You had a whole episode where he was locked in the bathroom with a man who looks like he would have been the fucking bouncer at Jeffrey Epstein's <laughs> Island. Being like, let me cut your head, Zoggy. I've been naughty. It's crazy. Yeah. And when you look at it through the lens of like, these were normal people, but the dog was just freaking out because it's a dog. And you can put that into the movie. I'd love it. Yeah. The other one. You got to get me a PG-13 Powerpuff Girls superhero movie. Oh, man. Mojo Jojo might be one of the greatest villains of all time. I don't understand yeah. how this hasn't been pitched. I agree. I, I need a live action. There was a moment, point in time, um, and I, I felt like I got judged, but I didn't care. I absolutely loved the Powerpuff Girls. Like Mojo Jojo and her, oh, him. I was like, Jesus, this is great. Oh, if you could get him. <laughs> him was you, amazing. Get Bill Hader to play him. Get him the same energy as like- Oh my Pennywise. God, Bill Hader would be perfect for that. <laughs> Just get him in the makeup and a yeah. costume with those metal claws. Yeah. And you'd have me. Yeah. Oh man. There are so many properties that I feel like people are just sitting on. Yeah. I'm like, the time is right. It's funny. Because we did the 80s nostalgia for most of my 20s. Right. It's time to get to my 90s nostalgia. I'm yeah. 31. I want the Rocket Power movie. I want the Wild Thornberries movie. Let's do it. We're getting Beavis. Beavis and Butthead are coming back. Like, we're starting to get some of, some of those. Because the 90s, there's a lot of rich things that are in there that they, I don't feel like they've tapped. And we're now, we're definitely going into our 2020s. Like we're definitely at a point where like, okay guys, 90s have happened long enough that we can start tapping into that stuff easily now. And we're all of age where we can, the people are now at a point where we have the, the writing ability or the producing ability, or we're in rooms where we can be like, all right, this is what this was when I was a kid. This is what I want from now to change But look, this. if you really want to nail what Hollywood should be looking for, which is diversity and impactful stories. It's the Hey Arnold live action movie. <laughs> that yeah. is where we need to be. And I know this was an animated Transformers cartoon and now Terrence and I are just living in fairyland. We are. But Netflix has signed a deal with Nickelodeon to get all of their shows. Mm -hmm. If you're gonna fight Disney Plus, I think it's time to adapt some of these properties, but you can't leave behind the people like us who simply refuse to grow up. Who are still, we're trapped in that, that kid bubble. Like, I, I'm, I mean, that's what happens. Like, it, like, you see something like Transformers pop up on Netflix. My first thing was like, well, I gotta watch this. Like, I, this is for me. Like, I, I, this is, I need to watch this now. And I think they know that to a degree. I just think you have people who, either still live in this weird world of mm -hmm. like, well, it's the young boys who buy toys. 
which is nonsense because I just bought the Mutagen Tour Turtle set. <laughs> so fuck that idea. <laughs> um, or they really are like, no, we want to get the kids. And I yeah. think what you're failing to remember is that it's the parents who bring the kids to the content. And the kids are getting smarter. They're much smarter than we were. Because when I was 13, I was not looking for like smart media. I was just looking for media. And I feel like now the 13 to 24 year olds are like, well, is it about something important? Right. Or am I just going to watch you do bits for 10 minutes? Because that's why I have TikTok. So if you want me to sit down and do 20 minutes, you better be bringing something to the table. And I look at this catalog that Netflix in theory has access to with Nickelodeon. These shows like Doug that could very easily be your like long-term kissing booth type show. Yeah. I look at Hey Arnold, your super diverse show. I look at Courage the Cowardly Dog, which is your next Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And then I look at this Transformers cartoon and I go, there's some people who get it. Mm -hmm. Get how to take these ideas that were already there. These, these concepts when people get on this, like, well, these shows were never political. They were always political. They always had big themes. And now we can bring those up in a way that is going to be very meaningful today. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, Screw original content. <laughs> Just keep doing this. Let me keep making this podcast. <laughs> um, well, it's funny because we're getting eventually getting a He-Man because I know He-Man is also being done for Netflix. I don't see how you couldn't do it. The um, yeah. the other He-Man show they did, She-Ra. She-Ra is killing it. Was huge. It's been it was huge. Yeah, and I know. Uh, I believe Kevin Smith is writing and producing this He-Man with Mark Bernard and all that. That's right. Like. Yeah, like I think Netflix is kind of now tapping into that. Like, oh wait, we know we're at the sweet spot for us is that those ninety uh, our age range, those ninety eighty kids who are like growing up on this stuff, but now actually have money <laughs> and are willing to like watch this stuff and buy this stuff or get their kids to like or will buy stuff for their kids that fit this stuff. So um, let's point towards them because they they're going to want to to keep this going they're for a while. Just going to keep doing it because yeah. all you have to do to keep your business alive is connect to the people who are going to have the younger people and keep them engaged too. Yeah. So get the parents then get the kids when they're young. Right. And then you can just keep doing this shit forever. Yeah, <laughs> for as long as you want. Yeah. That's the um, thing. And it's interesting because with Transformers, I mean like this ends it's essentially this movie, this this first act acts basically as a prequel to what we've always seen with the Transformers, how they always end up on Earth trying to protect the Allspark. Like what this entire act one is about is literally uh, the war before that and what gets the Allspark put off the Cybertron. And my understanding is what they're doing with the next two acts, they're, they're basically, act one is all about the war for Cybertron, act two is about trying to find the Allspark on Earth. And then part three is once they have the Allspark, they get stuck in time and end up end up in a place where they have to fight the the manimals and like the dinosaur versions of themselves and go back That's together. That's all I, like, I want. I want all of that. Yeah. I don't ask I'm, for a lot. Just dinosaurs and constructicons. <laughs> right. I was like, where do I sign up? I want all of that. The yeah, only thing that sucks is that I think the time timing of this, we're not going to get the second act of this until 
2021. I don't know, man. My understanding is that animation is blowing up. Yeah, it's like maybe they can speed these up because there's nothing else being shot right now. <laughs> Everybody can just record their voices at home. Right. You have the animators do their thing. The Speaking of recording voices, thing. I think it's important to know because I mentioned this on the video that I did for this, this show. The guy, obviously it's not Peter Cullen playing Optimus, but this guy does a very good job of being Optimus without being a caricature or like I'm trying to be Peter Cullen doing Optimus. That is true. It's really the first time that we haven't had yeah. Peter the, Cullen. The, our voice, yeah, our voice of Optimus. And he, I think he really nailed it because I was sitting there like, it doesn't feel like he's trying to be him, but this is like, oh, I, I can still get the idea that this is, this is Prime, and it feels like it. He's the only voice in the entire cartoon that has like a signature, so, but I think he nails it without actually uh, feeling like he's stealing from Peter. Um, but yeah, this is the first time we really don't have Peter on board. Yeah, it was great. I think they, I think they nailed it. Yeah. And I think this is how you keep it. I don't know what the movie plans are, especially now. I mean, Bumblebee was well received by everybody, but because the previous two films had bombed at the box office, nobody really went to see it at the theater. It's kind of gotten legs after the fact. I know they're eventually doing a Bumblebee 2, but I don't know what the entire, like what that franchise is doing. What it's weird, be, what this cartoon has shown is because people have always been on this hangup of like, I don't want an entire Transformers movie on Earth. I wanted to be in Cybertron and the studio has always been like, well, nobody wants to see an all robot film because they're not, there's no human character to relate to. This animated series of these six episodes for this first act have shown that that's BS because I related to more people on those than I did the last three uh, Michael Bay directed films. Yeah, they really showed you that you don't need human characters for humans to relate to it. Right. Which is another thing that I think should be like a dodoy because like <laughs> DuckTales exists. And, right. Yeah. You know, I'm also not Iron Man. and like, Yeah. Like I, I, I've never been to Wakanda because, you know, it doesn't exist. <laughs> right. Like it, it's, it's silly to think that, but I love being on Cybertron. I, I, I love the whole sci-fi look. I am yeah. very much the Transformers fan that's like, don't even bother with Earth. Don't need it. Show me this planet dying and this yeah. war. It's way more interesting than almost any story we've done yeah. on Earth. Unless, of course, we're going to cross over with G.I. Joe, in which case we got to get the G.I. Joe. We do down. have to get to Earth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's remarkable what they accomplished with this. Yeah. I think they I think they nailed this, um, and I'm excited to see whenever we whenever we get Act Two, I'm all in. I will be there, uh, popcorn ready. And if this rumor that the same team that did this and that did that Godzilla anime are just sitting on a fully finished Alien vs Predator anime for Netflix, release it. Nobody want it. Release it now. <laughs> <laughs> I need it. Yeah. When I watch these shows, I would the entire time watching this, I was like, "There's an AVP anime somewhere, <laughs> and I just don't have it." And, I and these it guys have it, and I want it. All right. Do you have anything else to add, or should I wrap this up? I'm no, not I paying think, attention to time. No, I just think people should be uh, be checking this one out. You might want to space yourself and and take it slowly because we won't be getting another one of these for a bit. But well, that's I, the trick now anyways. You got to space yourself out you with do. everything you get. You do. But if you do, 
run out of this show quickly, I direct you to HBO Max, where today, August to 1st, this. 2020, yeah. the Harley Quinn animated <laughs> show from DC All Access has moved over. It is worth the 15 a month. It's incredible. I almost think we should talk about it next week for this show because I'm down. I'll, I'll, thinking about it. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go watch up. Go watch it so that we can get a season three. I will die on this hill. <laughs> Do it immediately. Um, that is the show, folks. Leave us a review on iTunes. I don't really care how or why you do it. Just do it. Um, you know, if you're going to give us one star, at least write down why, right? This fucking, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you should be wearing was, a mask if that's why, fuck you. If that's what it is. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, obviously, you can do that. You can then follow us on Facebook.com slash Hollywood. already did it on Twitter at Hollywood ADI. I am on Facebook at, as always, Blake. Terrence is at Terrence Tatum. The show is on Twitter at Hollywood ADI. I said that already. The quarantine is getting to me, folks. We're also on Instagram and Hollywood already did it. I do another show called How Do You Figure about action figure collecting. So if you want to hear me talk more about the turtles, I direct <laughs> you there. Uh, Terrence does all the YouTube stuff for this show, for the things that we don't get to, which is probably more than this podcast gets to now because what can you do? Yeah. Uh, we do another show called One More Drink, which right now is about our various first times. And that's it. Later. Later. <laughs>